This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey up, it's the No Name Ever podcast, with your host, Jamie Smith. Hello and welcome to this week's No Name Ever podcast, I'm Jamie Smith and with me today are Adam, Jordan and James. It's going to be an awards special, but a couple of things to talk about before we get to the awards for the whole season. The 1-0 win at Aston Villa on Sunday that brought the season to a positive end in the end, I suppose. Tom Heaton's been called up for the England squad, fantastic news. Less good news is about Ashley Barnes and that's where we're going to start. He fell awkwardly at Villa Park under a challenge by Fabian Delph and it sounds like he's done an ACL injury, which is about as bad as it gets. Probably going to be out of 12 months same injury as Sam Volks and Dean Marnie terrible terrible look it means he's probably going to miss most of next season I would say um, so we'll start with you there on the, on that Jordan it's about as bad as it could have been but it, it did look bad when he went down didn't it yeah it did yeah um, we've been really unfortunate with injuries um, the the Burnley Express reporter Chris Borden tweeted it raw fourth injury like this in a year and um, yeah it was just one of those you know horrible tackles one of those unfortunate incidents that's happened I mean I don't think there's any sort of um, uh, anything the backroom staff the medical staff could do to prevent it it's just one of those things that happens and you know that's the sort of risk you, you take uh, in a football match but um, yeah he's, he's been a really good performer for us this season Ashley Barnes I think uh, had that purple patch around December time where he scored a couple of important goals um, and and yeah he's generally you know he's, he's been industrious he's worked hard uh, he's endeavoured to put d- d- defenders under pressure and I think going into next season back in the championship he would have um, I think he would have been a really useful player certainly um, but unfortunately you know we, I mean I don't know how long he'll be out for but it'll obviously be a good few months going into next season so um, yeah big blow um, cruel way to end the season for him um, obviously we, we got the three points at Villa but um, yeah on a personal note I think fresh the Barnes it's a horrific injury and um, hopefully he can make a full recovery it is a real shame it's not that long since we had a comment on the site we mentioned this quite a lot about Barnes someone suggested that he wasn't even a championship player and he certainly proved whoever that was um, wrong with I think it was was it five goals this season including some really important goals so all the best to Ashley Barnes it's going to be a long road back it's going to be a difficult summer but hopefully he'll come back stronger and I'm sure there'll still be a place in the squad for him um, there was a tweet I think it was by Martin Bell pointed out that with Danny Ings also leaving the club it means that the three strikers that are fit haven't scored a league goal between them this season so that's not a very positive outlook is it James? Um, no um, I think that's 
probably what you describe as less than ideal. Um, it's a bit of an understatement, that. But Kyuk on the, the positive side, obviously Sam Vogt has scored goals at the championship level before. Um, he hasn't looked at his best since he came back, but I think it's always difficult to come back at a higher level than what you were playing at last, when you, particularly when you've missed the early season. Um, so, you know, maybe with a good pre-season under his, under his belt, we've at least got the Sam Vokes of uh, our previous championship campaign back. Yeah, I mean, well, Sodal and Jokovic have scored goals at championship level as well, so it's not necessarily doomsday situation, but yeah. it does mean I think we're going to have to bring at least one striker to the club and it's going to be a, a key um, position to improve during the summer. But like I say, the important thing is that Barnes gets well as soon as possible. Obviously, it's I, awful news, terrible news. I think it's probably most devastating than that everyone's been saying it looks like Ashley Barnes could score quite a few in the championship. Um, you know, it was like a silver lining to everything, and obviously now um, you know he's going to miss out. She's um, very. Yeah, it's, it's pretty terrible. Um, we'll move on to something a bit more positive then before we come on to the Villa game. Um, before we were after the last podcast, should I say Tom Heaton was called up to the England squad, which came out of nowhere a little bit. But given the the injury problems England's goalkeepers have got with Foster and Foster being out, Heaton was perhaps next in line. I think I mentioned back in March I'll just drop that in that um, injuries could open the door to Heaton and I was proved right so go me um, 10 clean sheets is fantastic for a struggling team isn't it Jordan you've got to say he deserves his chance even if it is a bit strange for a goalkeeper who's been relegated to get in the squad Absolutely yeah I think he's performed um, admirably th- this season I know I think later on we'll probably touch on our players of the season but for me he'd be right up there um, he's had a wonderful season as you say 10 clean sheets in a, uh, in a newly promoted side is a fantastic achievement um, I think the majority of those sort of bookended the season I know we've obviously finished with I think three on the bounce at the end of the season I think we had a few at the beginning as well um, so yeah he's, he's done really well um, I remember in the past on, on this podcast that I've sort of maybe brought to to light at the fact that he doesn't come and collect crosses maybe which is why we're conceding so many headed goals for that spell um, this year but I think um, no beyond all that you know he's a superb shot stopper um, you know commands his area generally well um, and yeah he's made a couple of uh, penalty saves as well so I mean fully deserves his England call up as say injuries I think have, have helped um, you know push him up the, the order so to speak but um, no I think he's he's been well worth his place and um, like you say slightly unusual for a relegated keeper to, to be named in the squad but um, I think he's, he's deserved it I mean if Foster and Foster were fully fit then you know it might be a different conversation but um, yeah it's, it's really positive news um, yeah and I'm, I'm delighted for him It's 40 years since the Burnley player was in the, the full England squad which is incredible really so huge well done to Tom Heaton and I suppose the, the most positive thing James is that he, he seems really keen to stay at the club obviously his family are local some of them Burnley fans themselves he, he's one of the players that we really need to keep hold of for next season and it shouldn't be that much of a problem should it? No I, I don't think it should be a problem to keep hold of um, Heater. not to say that obviously he doesn't deserve looking at by a you know, side is still in the Premier League. He, he definitely does, but um, I'd heard at least twelve months before he came to us that he was interested in playing for Burnley. Um, so you know, it's clear somewhere he wants to be, and um, you know he probably wants to help us bounce back and, and get straight back up there. But I mean, as far as the England court goes, you know the ten clean sheets in a side that's been relegated, I think says it all. Um, and then if you take into account the games where we we still did get beat, but it could have been a lot worse if it went for his performances. Then you that's know, true. Arsenal away in particular is fantastic. Yeah. Arsenal wasn't even though we lost by three at the probably seven or eight without him playing so well. Yeah. Yeah, and to be honest, I thought he was unlucky after obviously we'd played at Southampton and Forster got injured in that freak collision with Sam Volks to not get the curl up then because um, you thought that maybe it'd you know, be worth England taking a look at someone a little bit different. Um, they went with Butland, didn't they? Bought him from the under 21s. I thought that was a bit odd. Yeah, when you know, really, I think you should have been looking at someone who's you know, not able to play at 
the under twenty one level and you know give them a go and see what they can do. Okay, moving on then to the Aston Villa game. Um, Burnley played quite well actually. It's strange how well we played since relegation was confirmed. Maybe we should have been relegated back in September, then we'd have probably won the league or something. Um, two away wins on the spin, three clean sheets as well. It's a positive way to end the season, Jordan. A little bit of momentum to take into the new campaign. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, as, as you say, a bit too little too late now, but um, certainly gives the players impetus going into the new season that you know we can bounce straight back and that we can compete and keep clean sheets at that level. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good solid performance. I thought we had to show you know two different sides to our game in the First off, we were as you'd expect Burnley to be under Sean Dyche, you know, um, right in the Aston Villa faces, putting them under pressure, and, and got the early goal, which I thought we deserved. Um, in that first twenty-minute spell, I thought we were really good. And then second half, we had to weather the storm. Of course, you know, we we uh, we expected Villa to, to throw the kitchen sink at us, but I thought we dealt with it really, really well. Um, and in terms of indi- individual performances, I, I've probably got to say um, Heaton was very good, made some good saves. Uh, Frederick Overset, I thought, was superb in, in midfield. Um, I think, you know. David Jones and Demania are arguably our strongest central midfield pairing, but Ulverstad certainly didn't look like a bad third option to me on on, uh, on Sunday, and um, so show some nice touches. It was a good header in the lead up to the goal to to Barnes, who then obviously headed it to Ings and in. But uh, yeah, I thought he looked controlled, measured in his passing, um, and looks like a decent player going into next season. I agree. I think it's obviously early days on Ulverstad, and I do think he faded a little bit, which may be understandable given that it's like six months since he played first team game because of the way the Danish season not the. Danish season the Norwegian season can't remember where he's from <laughs> anyway it's a while since he's played so it's obviously a difficult situation but yeah he looked good on the ball he looked strong composed I think he, he does look a player and obviously if Marnie does miss the start of the season he's going to be a good option alongside Jones even if we maybe do need to add one um, it was good to see Danny Ings round off with another goal as well wasn't it James I was two in his last three games and he said in his match of the day interview I think that he, he didn't really follow the club before he came to Burnley but he now counts himself as a massive Burnley fan which is maybe a little little bit of good PR to leave the club with but gives everyone a nice little rosy glow doesn't it to think about Danny Ings leaving and moving on to bigger and better things yeah you know it's obviously nice for him to get a couple of goals and um to sign out on um, though people on Twitter tell you if he'd scored three more goals we'd have stayed up um, you know that's obviously forgetting the fact there's 19 other players who could have scored three goals for us over the course of the season so you know to put it all on him a bit harsh but no I think it's it's a good um, good way for him to sign out I think it, it disproves all the talk that he you know wasn't working for the team um, you know particularly these celebrations where you could see how much it meant um, and you know I think he leaves with everyone's best wishes really to be honest and no one's going to begrudge him you know good career going forward um, as you said it's good PR for him to say that you know he considered himself a Burnley fan and I think as I said the other week he, I've heard that the disability uh, scheme he does with the community at the club he's going to keep funding even though he's not going to be a Burnley player anymore so I mean obviously that's great Yeah that's fantastic and best of luck to Danny Ings whatever his future holds I think he said he's going to go on holiday first which is probably a wise decision and wait to see if Liverpool sack Brendan Rodgers maybe most <laughs> most concerned about it since Liverpool seems to be the club who's going to see what the manager might well be on his way out um, another player in might be going just before we do come on to the awards is Kieran Trippy. The latest news is that Spurs are close to doing a deal in newspaper transfer speculation parlance. Um, the word is that he's got release clause in his contract of £3.5 million, which is pittance really, and Man City have a 40% sell on. So um, I was trying to work this out the other night on Twitter with a mate, and we reckon that would leave us with about £2 million, which is a shame, but he's been a fantastic player for the club. And I suppose it's, it's difficult to keep someone like Kieran Trippy at a championship 
Championship club, isn't it, John? He's clearly much better than that. Absolutely, yeah. Two million pounds is is peanuts, really, uh, really when you consider Trippier's um, quality for us and, and how he's played for us over the past um, few years. You know, he's been excellent, really, and um, you know his his deliveries are, are superb. Um, his energy levels are terrific, and I think he's improved defensively as well um, over his time, over the course of the time he's had with us. So, um, yeah, I'm quite surprised Spurs are sort of the front runners now in the Trippier situation because I think um, they've got Eric Dyer who can play right back, Kyle Walker who, who may or may not be injured, and um, the, the lad they signed after the World Cup last summer, DeAndre Yedlin, I think he is, the, the American right back. So they seem um, well stocked in that department. I know um, Trippier can, can uh, perhaps play left back as well, but obviously he's much, much stronger. At Ryback, as we've seen, so it'd be an interesting move if it if it did happen, if he did go to Spurs. But um, yeah, certainly won't be short of other Premier League suitors. That is for sure. Um, I think it will be difficult. I think probably alongside Ings, um, you know, he's our most valuable player in terms of what he's done for us and how much we could have got for him. But as you say, two million pounds—it's nothing really for someone of that caliber. Yeah, I think um, Trippier is definitely an interesting one. As um, you know, he has got that release close in place, supposedly. Um, obviously no one knows for sure but um, I think the stuff he said in the press makes it sound like he strongly would like to stay at Burnley if, if that's a possibility but you've got to imagine obviously he's got his agent probably in his ear telling him how much more money he could make elsewhere obviously the lure of Premier League football um, but I think it'd be a real shame to see him go to, to somewhere like Tottenham I don't think he particularly would want to move to the south he just seemed to obviously like the areas in he's from around the northwest. so can't really see Spurs being the one that works out for him and it's not because I think he's too far down the pecking order because I think Kyle Walker's absolutely atrocious and Kevin Trippier is 10 times better um, in fact I'd said to a Spurs fan the day before um, he texted me like what he'd like their lineup to be next season and I said you really need to replace both of those fullbacks because they're both absolutely awful uh, and then the next Spurs day Spurs fans really rate Rose I don't understand that I think he's crap no he's, he's terrible Rose is terrible and Walker is terrible they're convinced that Rose has had a good season and should be playing for England I'm like no, oh, no. Oh, that's a bad opinion have a better opinion well, we saw in Walker we saw get absolutely Done by yeah, ben. Walker's not good. Walker's a classic modern fullback in that he looks quite good going forward sometimes, but you, you can't defend. He's like a very poor Kieran Trippier, basically. I agree that Trippier's um, about player than Walker. So, I mean, my, my dad was texting me and saying he's gonna have to wait for his chance. I said, well, He's not gonna have to wait long behind someone. Well, Walker's like injured to start with, so yeah. And the American would... lad, they've obviously bought him and decided he's crap if they're gonna buy another left, right back. But, and Harry Dyer's yeah. a centre back, so he'd be first try. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think this is one that'll pan out over you know quite a long time. There's gonna be a few teams that are interested, you know, particularly now the issue of his release clause is sort of more widely known. Um, yeah, it's pretty obvious that his agents leak that, I'll say. Yeah, and but I, I'd, I'd say a, a team in the northwest is probably more likely to be. A fit for him. Um, maybe even Liverpool, depending on obviously who they Liverpool get. Liverpool have been mentioned, haven't they? They certainly need a right back. They've been playing Emre Chandler, who's a good player, but not a right back. Yeah, I mean, you can see him fitting in there. Obviously, it's in the right area of the country for him. And if he went there, I definitely obviously wouldn't begrudge him, um, especially if he was getting to start. Yeah, well, again, we'll we'll have to see it. I think James is right. That one might drag out a bit because I'm sure if it is true that he's got 3.5 million release calls, pretty much certainly any bottom half Premier League team should be interested in maybe a couple further up the league. So we'll have to see how that one plays out, which is probably better for Burnley to if it gets done sooner rather than later um, moving on then to the, the meat of this week's podcast is going to be the awards we've got five categories to go for um, one of them is the slightly amusing one hopefully because we couldn't think of a, a proper one so the categories are player of the season goal of the season, game of the season moment of the season and hair of the season, yes that's right 
best hair. Um, so we'll start off with player of the season. I'm going to bring Adam in for this bit as well. Adam, we'll start with you then. Who's your player of the season? Um, I think I'm going to go with Tom Heaton, not just because of um, the, the England call-up that we we heard about last week, um, but he he's just been fairly solid all, all the time, and it's easy to forget about a goalkeeper. Um, I think it says a lot that at the uh, the club's own awards uh, ceremony on Sunday or Monday um, that he was voted Players Player of the Year, and I think that shows um, how much of an impact he does have on the side um, without um, without often getting credit for it. Um, I mean, I think most Burnley fans realise how important he is to the side, and our conversation just just a few minutes ago kind of demonstrates that that he is he's a key player for us. Um, but I think he deserves player of the season because um, he uh, our defence we obviously we had that that, um, that dodgy patch in the in the middle where we <laughs> kept shipping a million goals um, but more recently it's, it's shored up and it was it was not bad at the beginning of the season um, so so I think Tom Heaton deserves it and all the um, non and ever columnist Paul Weller is very keen on Heaton to be um, player of the season judging by his tweet um, we're not going to announce the, the definite non and ever winners on the podcast by the way we'll save that for a post on the site because we're going to ask a few of our other writers to contribute but this will be a good starting point for the debate hopefully and we hope people get in touch with us as well Joy, um, there Jordan, let's move on to you. Who's your player of the season? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd also go for Tom Eaton. Um, as Adam said, he's been so consistent and reliable over the course of the season. and He's looked like one of the very few players we've had who, who looks like a Premier League player who looks like they belong there. Um, you know, we've touched on the stats already. I did a piece on it um, the other day for the, for the website. Um, you know, his stats compare with a lot of other good goalkeepers in the division. I think one stat in particular is up there with the likes of Hugo Lloris, um, who is an exceptional goalkeeper. So for him to be in such illustrious company is, is fantastic um, and it reflects our well he's done this season um, like I said earlier some of his traits are the fact that you know he's, he's so agile um, you, know, uh, you know good solid shot stopper and I think you know at 29 as well let's not forget he's still relatively young for goalkeeper who a lot of a lot of them who intend to play on until the mid to late 30s so I mean you know there's still plenty of uh, games and years to come from him yet so there's every chance he could improve but for now um, you know 19 clean sheets last season 10 this season um, undoubtedly yeah for me um, well I say undoubtedly I must admit there were several strong candidates but for me um, I think he, he well worth um, player of the season for us well coming in third it's absolutely awful because um, I'm going to pick Tom Heaton as well so I was like I'm just jumping on the bandwagon um, but I think you know 10 clean sheets um, the way he's been solid behind the team all season um, I can you know only really think of the one mistake against Swansea at home so you know on that basis I think he's you know clearly been the most consistent of our squad I'm not going to make the, a clean sweep although I think there is a very strong case to be made for Tom Heaton my choice is Jason Shackle who I think won our player of the season award last year I think his consistency um, has been as, as, as you'd expect really we know what we're going to get from Shackle he leads the defence so well I think 10 clean sheet Shackle deserves a, a big percentage of that praise as well for that I think considering he's played a chunk of the season with a 37 year old and the rest of the season with a 22 year old he's had to lead that back four and I think he's done a very good job even considering we finished up second bottom in the end I think the only thing missing from his game is maybe some goals he only seems to score against Rovers so maybe that's something to look at to next season but I think Shackle's been fantastic again captain fantastic reliable assured at the back and he's my player of the season 
So, yeah, like I said, please do get in touch with your suggestions as well. Like I said, there's going to be five categories that we'll go through one by one. But do email us your thoughts or comment on the site when the post goes up. Categories are player, goal, game, moment and hair. So the next one is goal of the season. Not that many goals to choose from, I suppose. Following Burnley this season, it's been a dry at times, a couple of long goalless spells, but some choice. Um, we'll start with James on this one so you're not following everyone else. Yeah, I, I, this this one's the next three actually are all difficult because my preference probably came from the same game, but because I want to you know spread it out, I'm gonna go elsewhere. Um, so for goal, I'm gonna go with Scott Arfield against Chelsea. Um, you know, because the, the the first goal of our uh, Premier League campaign puts us one nil up, gives us a lot of hope. Ultimately, we get beat three one and ultimately get relegated. Um, but you know, for that moment, you know, we all thought that you know Burnley could have another magical journey and stay up. Yeah, um, I think George Boys and, and Scarfields will obviously probably be the two standout ones just for the, the technical brilliance, you know, both from outside the area, both on, on the half volley. Um, I was watching the um, the sort of nominees for the goal of the season on Claret's player, and I must admit, I think with a couple of them were perhaps clutching at straws a bit. I think there was a Barnes header against West Brom, which was, was decent, but I don't think it would have got into any other goal of the season um, competition for the other clubs in the Premier League. But um, I'm going to go with um, Danny Ings's header against Manchester United away. I think it sort of uh, capped off the how well we played in that first half. Um, it was a really well taken header, really good goal, um, and it sort of you know continued you know the decent run he had at the turn of the year where he was scored in you know in a few games. Um, and it sort of summed up the two qualities of our um, you know two main players. I think Trippier's ball in was superb, um, and then Ings' sort of uh, movement as well. If you look at it beforehand, how he drags Chris Moore in you know one way and then you know leaves him for dust goes the other way and, and gets his head onto the ball and to score past you know David De Gea with with the quality of that header I thought it was a really well taken superb goal after after James complaining about jumping on my bandwagon I'm going to jump on James's bandwagon um, and uh, less less of jumping on each other's bandwagons <laughs> it's a family podcast wait <laughs> hey um, uh, yeah I'm going to go with Scott Arfield against Chelsea as well because um, I I remember going into into that game, convinced they were just gonna get absolutely pilloried and um, get maybe shipped like seven or eight. Um, and when that goal went in, that was that was a kind of almost a, a moment of relief that we hadn't <laughs> totally alienated ourselves by not scoring. Um, and and so yeah, I think um, Scott Arfield deserves deserves it just for that moment of magic. It it was a fantastic moment. I was jumping up and down in my room when it went in. I can't believe it. Uh, I think Jordan's had a very good case for Danny Ings scoring at Man United, and that's one I was thinking of. But my vote's going to go to Ashley Barnes for his goal at Spurs. I think it was a phenomenal finish past one of the best goalkeepers in the league as well, Igor Reese. And I think it, it was something that we've not really expected from Barnes. You know he can get on the end of crosses and he can finish, but I don't think we'd ever expect him to score a goal like that. Amazing technique, great power on the strike. I thought it was an absolutely fantastic goal. That's my nomination for goal of the season. Um, Adam's just pointed out that no one's mentioned Marvin Sordell scoring against Spurs in the Cup. I think that was amazing just because it was Marvin Sordell scoring a goal, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe that'll come up in the next category, which is game of the season. Um, it probably won't. We'll start with Adam on this one then. Game of the season. Um, I think I'm going to go for the obvious one. Um, that Man City game was pretty astounding. Just It was uh, another one of those moments <laughs> where you, you, you went into it thinking, oh God, this could this could be, uh, um, how, do, how do I say... Um, quite embarrassing, um, but it, it totally wasn't. Um, and and I, I just love that we we came out of that game with a lot of respect. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was just a, a good game. That was 
Um, that was yeah. That, I that suspect this one season. could be unanimous. Thing. It's difficult to pick out another one. Yeah, I'm like, certainly going to jump on the bandwagon. And go for the same Stop game. jumping on my bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only disappointing thing about the game looking back was that I, I really I thought it was going to be a big turning point. I was convinced after that game that we were going to go on and pick up more wins and then stay up in the end rather than go what was it six games without scoring a goal. So yeah, it was a fantastic evening and a, a wonderful goal from George Boyd to win it. But a little tinge of sadness that. It, it didn't turn out to be that turning point that I thought it was going to be. Um, James, you next. And have you got anything else for us? Or are you going three in a row for Burnley Man City? Uh, I hope this bandwagon's rated high enough to carry all this weight on. <laughs> Ouch! Um, Birmingham, Ouch! Birmingham Man City's got to be got to be the choice because um, I think obviously once we won that a game that no one really expected to win, staying up but very doable, very doable. And it, I think it gave us obviously all that hope that we could um, that we could do it, um, even though ultimately we fell short. So I think that was still. You know, a game that everyone's probably going to remember as the standout from the season. Jordan, you get the last word on this one then. Have you got anything else for us or is it going to be a clean sweep for Burnley or Manchester City, Neil? Yeah, I'm actually going to break the mould here. Um, personally, I thought the uh, away game at Stoke was very good. I really enjoyed that one. I think going 2-0 up in, in the opening 15 minutes was obviously unbelievable and something that obviously we're accustomed to at this level. Um, but yeah, I thought the goals um, were really good. I thought Kyler was very good for both of them. His, his build-up play was super and Ings just demonstrated his, his abilities at being in the right place at the right time. Um, obviously, the I thought I thought even though we we lost the Chelsea game was a good one just to sort of see. Uh, obviously, Chelsea play like that, um, and then us you know being in the lead, albeit for a few minutes. Um, of course, is the Man City one at home, but for me, yeah, the Stoke game where as I said we were very good first half going forwards, and then second half um, I mentioned earlier against Villa we had to weather the storm. But if that was a storm, then I think Stoke way must have been like an absolute monsoon because we just got you know every ball into the box and I just remember Stephen Ward being in front of the Burnley fans just throwing himself at everything using every you know part of his body to just hack the ball away and um, really good enjoyable game that so yeah I'm going to go for the uh, Stoke away I think Excellent well Ward well on thinking of something else that was certainly a very good defensive performance and almost the, the classic away performance really nick a couple of goals early and then sit on them so yeah that's that's an interesting one um, the next category then it's a bit of an open-ended one it'll be interesting to see what you lot have come up with um, I haven't decided what mine's going to be yet so I'll have to do some thinking on the fly it's moment of the season so this could also be a goal it could be a save it could be anything really it's really open to interpretation um, so James you're going to be the unfortunate one who has to set the ball rolling on this one what was your moment of the season I'm going to go for Danny Ings's goal at Hull um, but more obviously more specifically the celebration I think uh, not just from him but from all the players you could see that you know it meant a lot to to all of them um you know particularly i think with the criticism that, that danny had been getting in the build-up to that you know over a course of probably a couple of months really and people saying he shouldn't even be playing because his head's not there or you know whatever nonsense it was um you know to see the way he celebrated how much it meant to him to get that goal um you know running to the burnley fans i think that was a you know pretty special moment um for me i think the moment of the season um I imagine probably the majority will go for a goal or, or something like that but I'm going to go for uh, the moment Dean Marnie got injured against West Brom I mentioned it the last time I was on uh, you know those few games where we just dropped points needlessly and I think Dean Marnie's uh, injury came at the, the latter of those games in the 2 all draw against West Brom at home uh, I thought it was a pivotal moment um, I think you know some might say it's not a coincidence that we've gone down um, without Marnie but you know I think we're certainly a better side with him than without I think he, he compliments Jones Per, uh, perfectly um, and he's become a really vital member of the team so almost sort of uh, unknowingly really I mean he hasn't received that high praise I think he just goes about his job quietly and effectively and I think that injury 
you know the severity of it as well um, was obviously uh, crushing for every Burnley fan. But I think that's certainly um, you know was significant. I know we've won games since he got injured, um, but I just think you know I mean we'll never know. But I think for me personally, I sit there and think what could have been if we'd have kept Demani fit. Uh, fit for the, you know, the remainder of the season. Uh, but yeah, I think that, that injury would probably be my standout moment. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go for um, the win against Hull back in November, our first Premier League win of the season. Um, that, that was um, another one of those moments where... It was uh, another one of those markers that you had to like check off uh, and, and feel a, a sense of relief once once it passed. Um, and uh, I, uh, it, I I actually can't really remember the game that well, but I just I just remember the the feeling of finally getting that first Premier League win, and and then um, that enabled me to believe a bit more that we could could stay up, even even though we obviously didn't um, in the end. But yeah, that that win against. Um, Hull at home um, in November. That, that's my standout moment. Solid choice for moment of the season. Something that you can't remember that well. That was, uh, <laughs> I obviously went into that one. Um, now I'm going to go for something a little bit different, off the pitch actually, and and only half Burnley related. My most memorable moment of the season was actually Jose Mourinho on goals on Sunday, talking about Ashley Barnes and his criminal tackle on Nemanja Matic. Um, I started watching it about halfway through, actually. I'd seen that people on Twitter were talking about how Mourinho was being very odd on goals on Sunday, so I put it on and caught, I think, the best part of his rant. He was talking about Barnes' criminal tackle and the campaign of referees against Chelsea, and I thought it was classic Mourinho in a way that he was just manipulating the press, having them wind around his little finger. Can you think of any other manager who would be able to go to Sky, I'm going on goals on Sunday tomorrow? They had to bump a guest, I think it was James Beatty was was supposed to be on it and they got rid of him just so they could have Mourinho on talking rubbish and then a few months later Mourinho came out and said that he was wrong to, to talk about a campaign against Chelsea so he got exactly what he wanted he got all the attention on Barnes's tackle rather than them dropping points on to Burnley and I think that was a, a real sign of how clever managers can manipulate the press who are just daft enough to go with what they're saying rather than actually cover the story James were you about to come in there? Yeah I was just saying he probably said as old and if he if he did bump James Beatty because you know I'd rather listen to Jose Mourinho talk nonsense than listen to James Beatty talk about anything. So, yeah, definitely improved. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah, that was my moment of the season. I think it, it could possibly go down as not quite as famous as, as Kevin Keegan's, I would love it if we beat them, or Rafa Meneas and his facts. But I think it'll certainly go um, in that sort of company as, as something managers said that was absolutely bonkers, really, and just plain bizarre. So it's my moment of the season. A good spread there. It'll be interesting to see what everyone else says. If we can come up with a defining winner, we might have to pick that one by committee rather than a popular vote. Finally then, um, I didn't want to do a best hair of the season. I've got to say about something with a better category. So I was overall by Adam and James. Um, so yeah, best hair, that's the thing that we're actually doing genuinely. James, let's start with you then, best hair. There's only one really, isn't there? You know, all the greatest... There's only one... <laughs> All the great wingers in the history of the game have majestic flowing hair. JV Ginola, Chris Eagles, John Louis Vawa, at one point David Beckham. So it's got to be George Boyd for his majestic mane. That's, uh, I promise we haven't just invented an award to give something to George Boyd. because See, 
he got see, all the supporters awards and he's not won um, our player of the season award. Well, you know, you, you see him run nine miles a game, and it's just not the same without that that mane of hair. I think, think how many miles he'd be able to run if he cut all his hair off. That drag must be really holding him back. All that resistance. Probably just too fast. He's probably you know making it making it fair for the defense. Too fast for physique, fair you enough. Know, without the hair, he'd just be so quick that people would be able to pass to him. Defenders wouldn't be able to keep you, up. You wouldn't be able to see him, would you, if it, if it wasn't for the hair trail behind him? It's the general interest of the game just to just to slow him down a little bit. Fair enough, Jordan. Have you got a better candidate for better than George Boyd? Um, no, I don't think in a team full of <laughs> um, short backers sides you can do anything other than awards variety. And George Boyd certainly has that with that uh, wonderful mane full of hair. I mean, like, like I said, a lot of players play conservative short backers sides, a bit of wax or gel at the front, whatever. But George Boyd for breaking the mould for me, yeah, he's. Uh, Definitely our hero of the season, I would say. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, you're not coming back. That's <laughs> <laughs> your final moment on the podcast. Um, Adam, you're next and best hair. I actually do disagree with both people before because George Boyd's hair is is not nice to look at, is it? It's not nice and it's not functional and it's not anything special, really. Sorry Even if I'm wrong, but it looks like it could be a bit greasy. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So I'm going to go for Jason Shackle because every other player in the side I've seen a hair out of place, but I don't think I've ever seen Jason Shackle's hair on his head. <laughs> taking notes on who's got hairs out of place. No. <laughs> I, bet, I bet Adam prints out a picture of Jason Shackle and says to the hairdressers. <laughs> I don't even look like My hair doesn't look like it. Um, but yeah, it always seems to be fairly perfect and I, I admire the consistency of Jason Shackle's hair. Which is something I never thought I'd be able to say on this podcast. <laughs> Maybe he's still sticking to the, the hairstyle that he was given when he was famously on the hills. Maybe, yeah. Well, Maybe it, it, it was consistent. I like, to, I like to bring that up every now and again, that Jason Shackle was on the hills, because it's one of my favourite things about football, to be honest. Yeah, I think, yeah, we, that was a very strange moment when I saw that on the site. Like... <laughs> <laughs> is that like it was, it was one of those double take moments because you thought it was a, a parody but nope it actually happened I'm going to go for somebody else I'm afraid as, as someone who's uh, follically challenged shall we say I've, we've got to go for Sean Dash solidarity with the skinheads I think he's a very sensible choice hard man look he certainly wins like the best facial hair. I couldn't possibly match his facial hair I'm afraid I couldn't grow a beard at all that one such a sharp goatee as Sean Dash so yeah Sean Dash wins my best hair of the, the season award simply for not having any so well done Sean you get that nod from me um, we've still got some time on the podcast so we'll just have a general chat about what we're going to miss and not miss about the Premier League Buzz it's it's easy to be bitter at this stage, isn't it, about various things about the top flight, but the Championship is a good league to play in, isn't it? I'm sure we're all going to look forward to two games a week and Tuesday nights under the lights again, are we, James? Um, no. If I lived in Burnley, <laughs> it'd be a completely different answer. It is a pain, isn't it? If you don't live in the area, it's difficult to get to all the games. Because, yeah, Tuesday nights listening on the radio is not really the same as... Tuesday nights at the turf, is it? You mean Tuesday nights listening to Phil Bird on Carrots Player? Well, yeah, that, that is what I do. Obviously not the radio, because I don't get the radio here either. I'm too far away for the radio. So, yeah, listening to my, my dad on Carrots Player. Um, 
that that's not yeah so that's not something I'm particularly happy to come back um, more affordable away trip maybe I think tickets tend to be a little bit better don't they for away games in the championship I uh, hope so I'm, it's annoying for me because I live in Leeds and that's almost certainly going to be the most expensive game I'm probably asking for right 35 quid and I'm, I'm not paying that what about more affordable home, home trips oh, that's another point right <laughs> hopefully oh. <laughs> I hope they're going to try and charge 40 quid to watch Birmingham in the championship that would be ludicrous wouldn't it? I don't know yeah um, it'll be nice that not every team has more money than us just most That'd of them that'd be nice yeah just most of them <laughs> we'll be uh, one of the poorest teams in the league instead of the poorest team in the league obviously I miss seeing the big names it, you know even though you, you never to be known we get beat by them um you know, it's always nice to see a team like Chelsea at the turf. Um, you know, especially the way they played when they came to the turf this season, where you know from the get go they were like the standout candidate to win the league. Um, so it is a shame, obviously, to not see sides like that that come to the turf. Um, but obviously, the biggest thing to look forward to being back in the Championship is that we're going to win more games than we lose, most likely, which is you know always nice. Let's hope so. I think it's it's not these things to pick up on, but I'm really not going to miss all the cheating in the Premier League. I know it's not just the Premier League and there's the fair share in the Championship shit these days watching the playoff final on, on Monday in Boston had a terrible dive if you're going to dive at least make it a good one so yeah it's it's not just in the top flight but I think it's it's worse in the Premier League certainly oh. the Arsenal game at Turf Moor I thought they were absolutely dreadful for any time one of our players breathed on him they were winning cheap free kicks and it's a shame really because a team like Arsenal in particular they shouldn't need to resort to that sort of behaviour and it's a bit disappointing it's certainly something that grinds my gears even though in Danny's we had a player that was booked twice for diving this season possibly wrongly both occasions I did I did actually now think of another one um, I definitely won't miss being Little Burn in the papers every week oh so patronising I was gonna, I was going to say I, I won't miss the the media scrutiny and, and I think the uh, the whole the whole saga and the, the desire to make a story out of anything in the Premier League is quite narrative it's all about the narrative yeah. narrative like everyone likes to talk about these days <laughs> just <laughs> their content everything being prefaced with the team that expect people expect to get relegated yeah. that undoubtedly going to get relegated yeah. they were right to be fair we did they, get relegated they were but he just got a bit tired reading it it's like we know with the cheapest team in the league we yeah, know I'm pretty sure everyone in the, in the it doesn't have world. to get doesn't have to get hammered in does it yeah. I mean, also I'll, I'll miss us I'll miss us being on match of the day but I also won't miss the banal analysis of Burnley on match of the day which we're on channel not, 5 next year what do you expect James <laughs> Saturday evenings on Channel 5 can't work for that be on at reasonable time but I know it's difficult especially like on, on Sunday where they had 10 games to go through but they were talking about Burnley going down with a fight we didn't go down with a fight we started fighting after we'd gone down that's totally the opposite of what they were saying so anyway. I, I think so far match of the day possibly the worst is whenever we played a big team and the Ashley Barnes tackle was a perfect example if a top side player made that tackle it'd like be nowhere near the same but it's not on the basis that Burnley don't really deserve deserve to be in the league and Ashley Barnes doesn't really deserve to play in the Premier League therefore we must absolutely crucify them because there was a slightly <laughs> sorry about the ice cream man uh, everyone <laughs> I had one earlier don't worry about it bonus points if you spot all the ice cream man on this week's podcast sorry go on carry on James well that was pretty much it just you know every time they did it in a game it coming down to the big sides get obviously the pundits uh, favour whereas you know Little Burnley who don't deserve to be in the league and in the case of Ashley Barnes a player that some people said doesn't deserve to play in the Premier League you know how dare they challenge for a ball it potentially yeah. I mean I, I think that was it was basically Mourinho wasn't it distorting all the press I think if, if it hadn't been Mourinho it probably wouldn't have got reported in, in the way it was but I think it's certainly telling that um, Delft's challenge on Delft's challenge on Barnes wasn't even including 
breaking in the heart or so much. You know, it's quite obvious Barnes had been seriously hurt. It was a terrible challenge. He didn't even get booked for it. But Delft's an England player at a biggish club, and he so Jordan, let's bring you in. You've been quiet while we've been rambling away about ice cream bands and stuff. What are you going to miss about the Premier League and what are you not going to miss? Um, I don't guess I, I really have anything too different to sort of add to what's been said already, really. I mean, the the media thing, I think there's a flip side to that in the fact that we have got more coverage, perhaps, and sort of the town's got more recognition. That's obviously the, the standout positive aspect to it. But as you say, the, the majority of it has been this sort of uh, condescending, um, you know, uh, tone that seems to just come across in, in most uh, publications from most people um, but I think the I, I'm looking forward to going but I mean obviously the, the fixtures you know when the fixtures come out and we're playing the likes of um, you know Rotherham with the greatest respect to Rotherham it, it's not it's not you know sort of Chelsea Man City Man United and, and that's going to be sort of um, not difficult to adjust to but maybe the thing that I'll sort of uh, one of the things I'll miss, miss the most about the Premier League but generally you know longer seasons um, really competitive um, we're now open the, the championship is um, and you know I think we've, we've got a good chance of of you know, at least making the playoffs next season, and as James said, you know, just winning more games. I think you know it's why football fans support the team. You know, to watch them win games, and I think when you sort of going into games expecting to to draw, or lose most weeks, it, it doesn't become enjoyable. Or not, um, bit of sort of a, a, a hollow, uh, or sorry, a shallow, uh, you know, reason. But you know, it's, it's true. You know, I think we're obviously going to win more games next season than we have done this season in the Premier League. So yeah, I'm sort of looking forward to it again. You know, a couple couple of local games in there as well obviously Rovers and Preston now have coming up it's a shame Blackpool have gone down but um, certainly uh, plenty of things to, to look forward to next season There's a good few teams that we've got very good records against as well obviously Preston we seem to do quite well against Hull has been a guaranteed six points in recent years Derby didn't get promoted we've got a fantastic record against them so that should be a good start um, One final thing then to round off it's we always round off with, with predictions on the non and Ever podcast obviously very early days and I suppose possibly Possibly the, um, the Barnes injury might have an impact on this. But what are you expecting from the new season? Are we talking top six as, as an aim? Or should we be even better than that? I think the bookies have got us um, second favourites at the moment. Adam, we'll start with you. I think there's something else you want to add on there. No, this is, this is what I was, I was going to talk about. I, don't, I, don't, I can't decide whether it's a good thing that we're... We're favourites or almost top and like first favourites. It's um, odd, isn't it? It's it's not very Burnley. Yeah, you have and to get used to it. It's it also brings another element of pressure, I guess. It, like I was talking about the the media scrutiny, but I guess if we're the favourites, then we're going to be scrutinised almost as much in the championship because the 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 coverage is more concentrated towards the the, the so called big teams or the 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 teams with the best narrative and I think we have the best narrative now um, um, so I I think we should be aiming for I won't say top two but maybe top four like we, we want to be top four in, in the in the league um, so if we don't make um, automatic promotion um, we should at least make the, the top two playoff spots yeah, I think obviously it's very early days and it depends on players that come to the club, whether Dash is still at the club, but I think top six, minimum expectation. When you get relegated, you need to be looking at bouncing back. And when you consider we've had two years in the Premier League in the last five years, 
I think we have to consider ourselves a, um, a West Brom type bouncing up and down and that's that's got to be the aim for me I think we have to have a real good go at it <laughs> learn our lessons from last time when we spent badly on some um, experienced pros is probably a kind way to put it players like Chris Wellmore and Ross Wallace that we brought in who didn't really contribute enough for my money I'd like to see some young players with fresh blood coming to add to the experienced pros that are already at the club hopefully we'll hold on to our best players but I think playoffs is certainly within our reach James what are your thoughts um, you know I think we'll spend a similar amount as we did to the last time we got relegated um, and you know if we spend that well I think we should get promoted again quite comfortably automatic blimey that's bold Jordan um, I don't think it's going to be uh, that easy next season I think um, but I'd, generally I just this summer I want uh, more squad depth I think I mean if you look at the players that we're going down with it's a you know very very similar team to what we've played within the Premier League and what got us there in the first place so I don't think too much needs to be changed but in terms of squad depth obviously we need more bodies in um, I think top six is probably realistic I don't think we'll walk it but um, you know certainly with if we can retain Darch and like I said that nucleus of players that we've got I think we've every chance of being competitive once again next season Excellent competitive I think is a very good word to round off it's one of Darch's favourites isn't it um, so that is, that's about all we've got time for on this week's podcast and that will be the end of podcast for this season um, so yeah thank yous obviously thanks to everyone who's contributed to the podcast first and foremost all the guests that have come on um, Michael and Adam for filling in for me when I've been unavailable everyone who's listened and sent us feedback massively grateful for everyone who does that especially when you say nice things um, thanks to Neville G our sponsors we couldn't do the podcast or the website without them um, keep an eye on our Twitter throughout the summer there'll be plenty of stuff going on on there might be some changes with the website we'll have to keep you informed about that that's all um, TBC but listen out for that as well Twitter's the place to get us that's at known in Evernet please let us know your nominations as well for the awards that we've been going through on this week's podcast five categories are player of the season goal of the season game of the season moment of the season and hair of the season but that is all we have time for give us a review on itunes as well adam's reminding me to do that if you do subscribe on itunes give us a review because that does good things for us i think <laughs> but that is it i'm afraid we'll be back next season thanks to adam jordan and james for joining me i've been jamie smith this has been the non and ever podcast see you next season away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.